Hello and welcome back to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. We're now in season three of the 100 Masked Men series where I anonymously interview different men from all around the world about masculinity, sex and relationships, and how that contributes to our self-worth. Masked man number 71 is the loving man. We talk about how to cultivate self-love and the concept of acts of service being more of a form of validation than a pure act of love. Should we be thinking more about acts of love rather than defining it as acts of service? How would that shift our understanding of love and how we act in relationships? In this episode, we also talk about ghosting, and it has become more popular. And even though no one thinks highly about this behavior, meaning that those who do it would rather be condemned in that shame than speak their truth. It's one thing to talk about the desire for communication, but what about those that can't find the courage to speak? How much are we tortured in our own silence? Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Acts of service is one of my love languages. I would do any act of service for anybody. You know, good times, party, food, cooking, uh, entertaining, um, you know, meeting people, helping people out, whatever it was. I would exhaust myself on that. Yeah, I wouldn't do anything for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dedicate any sort of time or self-healing or beneficial work to myself. And I justified it by kind of relying on these love languages or that, well, that's just, who I, that's just who I am. And then I would suppress the feelings of hatred and all that kind of stuff with substance abuse. And this mantra started to play in my head, which is, I'm sorry, forgive me, thank you, I love you. And really what it meant was, you know, I'm sorry for all the hatred and shit that I've done to myself, that I've done to you, speaking to my best friend that I forgot about, that mm-hmm. I've done to us. Kind of a golem moment, right? You got two sides going on. And I'm sorry for Forgive me. Forgive me for this. Forgiveness doesn't just come cheaply. Forgiveness happens when you're aware of something, when you're aware that you've done wrong. And once you're aware of something, then fundamentally you shouldn't do it again. Or at least if you do do it again, you're going to be conscious of what it's going to have, what the consequences are going to be. Mm-hmm. Thank you for dealing with this. Thank you for surviving. Thank you for getting me to this point. Thank you for being you. I love you. Show gratitude. I love you. My God, how did I get so lost? I love you. And that started to really play in my head again and again and again. And for me, it really came down to what do I want in my life? What dreams do I have that haven't become realities yet? And why is that? Well, probably because I've been suppressing all of these things and not taking accountability for my actions and for myself and not having the discipline to achieve what I want because I've been, I don't know, too lazy because I've been hating myself because I haven't shown gratitude for this miracle of a body that I am and not also, and also kind of being a phony, you know, when it comes to 
you know, showing love and being loving and, and giving this gratitude to everybody else but myself. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron. It's like, hey, I'm this lovey chef that, you know, enjoys life so much and wants to travel the world and bring people around the world and everything else. But if I'm not around in a year or if I'm overweight and I can't fit in the airplane seat, you know, I'm just living a lie. And I lived a lie for a long time. And I refuse to, to go back to that because it's a dead end road. It's a body bag way too quick, you know? Yeah. I recently was reflecting on access service as a love language and wondering how much access service is driven by the ego, because I am doing this act of service for you today. I'm refilling your cup of water please give me all of the acknowledgement and, and praise me for refilling your cup of water. Meanwhile, this person never asked if they wanted some extra water. And I just realized, I was like, oh man, there's all this judgment of an expectation of like, I'm doing a good thing here. You need to validate me doing a good thing. Like, where's my gold star? Yeah. It's like, Hey, you've done a good thing. So you better get a reward. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's a bad way. To, that's a bad way to go. Cause now like altruism is, is out the door now. Yeah. And like you know, love like, turns conditional, right? Right. Right. Like what happened to puppy dog love, you know? Yeah. So, and I, I think like when I read the, the love languages, I was like, okay, cool. I can see patterns in people's behaviors, but there wasn't enough of that deeper level of why are we behaving this way? Why do we have these patterns? And ultimately how does that reflect you and yourself and your expectations of yourself? Right. Because if you're like, oh, I'm a words person, like everything needs to be said out loud. Why does it need to be said out loud? You know, why do you need this specific form of validation? And, you know, wrapping it up in in a a concept of love that could be a concept of pain, hate, compassion, you know, any type of concept or idea that we've created in the world. Yeah, you know, you just hit the nail on the head, I think, because so much of our validation or, or our search for validation has to be publicized. It has to be thrown out there. Maybe one of the curses of the social media, um, you know, platform that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> that defeats the purpose of altruism. That defeats the purpose of charity. You're just doing something for the validation of it. And I think ultimately it will lead to disappointment and unhappiness because you can't just now do nice things. You can't just do things for yourself or for others around you, for those who you love without receiving that validation. And I think that's a very scary reality. Yeah. The fact that like everything needs to have a reason behind it or like an ulterior motive, because then if there is something that has no motive, I think a lot of us are going to forget how to understand that concept. So things like art, you know, that don't have a purpose besides just existing in the state that it is, we right. won't be able to grasp it and, and appreciate it, receive it in the same way that we used to, because we're like, well, what's the purpose of it? Is this going to bring us millions of dollars or what? Like, what's, where's the validation here? Yeah. I mean, the, the most famous and most uh, respected art of, of our time uh, is usually made by all those that are dead. And we don't really understand how great it is until they're long gone. So where's the, where's the validation in that? Where's the lesson in that? You know, I think it's do something that you're passionate about, show love and respect for others. And, and if you lead with love, you know, you're going to benefit and you're going to benefit those around you. And if you get validation, awesome. 
if you don't, that's awesome. But yeah, and it's it's fascinating to me, and I think it's 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 an, it's a journey that I'm really excited to be on, as we all are. But I, it's a journey that I've recently kind of witnessed again that I'm a part of it, and I have I have the ability to make my own decisions and to affect my life or the positive or the negative. So it's just, for me, it's just about getting out there, showing acceptance for yourself. Being able to receive love from others is, is hard for a lot of people, but I guarantee you that once you start to experience that, you're going to have more love for yourself. I remember I used to, if I wanted to do something, if I want to go to a restaurant, I wouldn't go to the restaurant. I'd have to like create an occasion to go to the restaurant and celebrate my right. friend's birthday or somebody else and make it about them so that I could do the thing. And then it right. would just remove the whole, whole purpose of like choosing me first. Do you still do that? No, <laughs> not anymore. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have any energy for that, but I, I needed to realize that and notice it. And I think, right. you know, when you talk about those different steps of like, I'm sorry, I forgive myself. I think that's where people get stuck. And if you don't get past the forgiving, you can't get to the thank you and you can't get to the loving because if you're like so angry at yourself, you know, and, yeah. and sorry for yourself, I think that those, those two first steps are the most painful. And then it gets to, it's, it's still hard to, to thank yourself and love yourself, but it's a, it's a switch of your yeah. mindset once you go there. But I think having to forgive yourself and saying that's that this is okay is the first act of that self-love and then you can then be thankful and then continue loving yourself in an actual like almost like romantic or intimate way I think you know when you say that mantra daily for anything that you do do you do you get stuck kind of halfway there because I would I normally do when I when I would go through those motions on any act that um is bothering me for the day i'd be like oh, i can't i can't forgive myself i'm like so angry about this that i brought myself here kind of thing yeah and, that's that's yeah. a really good point i think i think falling in love like when i fell in love with myself for the first time you fall in love with your imperfect you fall in love with everything you fall in love with who you are perfect part about you you fall in love with all your imperfections which are also perfect falling in love with you know the beard that i have the the awkward ears that i have the the sense of longing to be loved by people the sense of promiscuity that i have you know falling in love with yourself means that you're falling in love with every single good bad medium hot cold whatever it is and i think understanding that is the is the secondary step after acceptance so once you've accepted it then the answers will come but if you if you truly haven't accepted yourself as you are then you can never understand you can never have answers coming to you because you're always going to be searching for something else you're always going to be questioning you know is this how i'm feeling is this the right emotion is this actually real because i haven't accepted myself for who i am for me, getting through that kind of forgiveness on a daily basis is understanding, trying to make decisions, educated decisions from my point of view, but also from every single person, every single stakeholder's point of view. Mm -hmm. And 
and ultimately accepting that we're not perfect. You know, we're, we're not, uh, or sorry, we are perfect, but perfection, you know, ultimately as a philosophy is, is unattainable. So mistakes are going to happen. Things are going to get screwed up. That's just life. And to me, that's, that's the interesting part of life. If every single thing that we did was scheduled on time, ready to go, we knew the, we knew the answers before the questions were already asked. Like, I think that'd be a pretty boring existence. So being able to feel the pain and feel this hatred and feel this negativity, feel the love, feel the positivity, you know, it's, that's how we grow. That's how we experience. That's how we decide what, what works for us. What works for me doesn't maybe not, doesn't work for you. That's great. That's, that's a fantastic realization to know that I'm unique. You're unique. Maybe we can find commonalities in what we want to achieve and what we're doing, but also the differences are the exciting part. It's like, mm-hmm. Ooh, why do you do that? Hmm, okay. Like what turns you <laughs> on? Okay. That's different, but like kind of hot, like, you know, I, I think it's that acceptance. So if there's one word I would say, it would be acceptance of yourself completely, consciously, consciously accept yourself. And then from there, the answers will come. The, the possibilities will open up. So I have a question for you. Whenever I, a lot of my friends work in the wedding industry or in the beauty space. Okay. And whenever there is a wedding going on, we'll always ask the bride and groom, how did they know that that was the one? And almost always the groom says, especially if it's a heterosexual couple, the groom says, she lets me be me. You know, he's accepted himself the way that he is. And he's just found another partner that's also accepted him the way that he is. What I find a little bit tricky about that sentiment is he believes he's a certain way and is seeking the acceptance of this woman to allow him permission to continue to be the way that he is. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've seen a lot of guys that are like, oh, I just feel really lonely. I, I just want acceptance. I want this woman figure to show that I am lovable rather than yep. getting that full love in himself. So yep. when the one hand that you say like, yeah, I'm going to accept myself faults and all, how do you get to the second layer and say, I also love myself all in all, you know, is there a difference there? Cause I think there is, but. Wow. That's a really good question. Oh, that's hard. I don't know. I mean, fundamentally, is it we as humans are instinctively searching for love and companionship? For myself, I think love, I mean, love is such a hard thing to understand. It doesn't know any reason. It doesn't know bounds. It doesn't wait. But love is also one thing that it transcends time and space. You know, so forgiveness forgiving yourself is the first step to feel the love i think is is the ability to accept yourself for who you are on a on a minute scale and i think it's i think it's probably fundamental to understand that love for yourself by expressing and sharing love with others so just something comes to mind where I was in a men's circle a few months ago. And for those who don't know that are listening, a men's circle is, you know, usually we do a little bit of yoga and then literally strangers of men sit in a big circle and topics are raised and discussions are happening. Maybe we do eye gazing. Maybe we talk about 
our own experiences. And what you, what you realize as a man is, you know, for so long we were essentially conditioned to suppress our emotions and be the man in the house and not show any sort of emotion at any sort of given time, except like anger and that temper. And like that was accepted. It's so wrong because as you go through these discussions with other men, you realize that we're all going through the same things. There's so many situations that are happening that I thought were only unique to myself, but realizing like, wow, the guy next to me has actually had it worse off. He's going through way more than I am. And it's like, holy shit, like maybe I need to open my eyes a little bit here and, and show some gratitude and some love and feel that love in between us. And yes, it's okay for two heterosexual men to share love together. One of these breaking down these stereotypes and these confines of our society, which I think have led us astray. I guess to answer your question, to love yourself, I think you have to give love to others and you have to be able to receive that love back. If you're closed off, then identify those triggers and you know, maybe seek some support. There's tons of support out there, whether it be therapists or therapy sessions or group stuff or working with animals, you know, go and go and pet a dog. A dog loves you unconditionally. It fucking wants to lick your face and give you kisses. Why? Because it's, it's an animal that exudes love. It leads with love. Man's best friend, as they say. It's hard for all of us to experience love in our lives because of our past traumas. But at the same time, there are people out there that, that accept love and they share love and they spread love and they, they exude love. And I think if it's, you know, for anyone out there that's kind of struggling with that, for your love of yourself, you know, I think it's, I think it's really important that you engage in community. And once you do that, you're going to start to see love coming to you from people that you've never met from people that you don't know and they're gonna they're gonna show you what kind of unconditional love is and i think in my life i've experienced that and that really has made me understand you know what love is all about and the ability to love yourself comes from loving others and accepting love from others yeah that reminds me of this quote i heard it's called the lovers are loved in their loving So in the act of loving, you are loved. And when you said all of that, it reminded me, for some reason, dogs would just gravitate to me. Like I'm not a pet person, dog person, anything, but dogs would just come to me and just kiss my face, specifically only that, like, just like attack me and kiss my face. And I'm like, why? I don't understand. And, or put its hand out to like shake my hand or something. I'm just going to treat it like a human and and shake their hand. So that would always happen to me as just like these, these acts of love that would just keep coming to me. And I was not ready to receive it. I was always like super shocked. And now I get the same feeling when somebody sends me a message, like now actually humans are sending me a message of like, Oh, thank you for the other day. Or like, Hey, just want to let you know, I love you. Like just any of these, these acts of love. And again, I would have this weird shocking feeling of just the same thing that when dogs would just randomly like come out of nowhere and kiss me because I'm still struggling with accepting the love, you know, because yeah, it goes both ways. Like the more you love, the more you're going to receive as you go. Yeah. And you learn, like 
you learn that there's different ways to accept love. There's different ways to give love. You know, maybe, maybe love languages, maybe acts of service is out and acts of love is in. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm usually one to break down any sort of title because I think titles lead to expectations and expectations lead to disappointment on numerous levels, mainly because people have different expectations and, or with a, t- with a title, there's expectations that come along to it. And those expectations are skewed depending on what kind of point of view you're looking at or what table, what side of the table you're from. And then from there, there's, there's a breakdown of communication. Communication is everything. Talk about everything that you're going through and don't be afraid to speak the truth. If you speak truth, then, you know, things are going to work out. You're going to be, or at least you're going to be given the opportunity to share who you really are and what you're really doing. And you're given the opportunity to a yourself, but also the person or the people or the group or whoever that you're expressing this to, to respond and to, to truly understand again, but to accept what you're going through. And if they accept it, then they can start to understand it as simple as someone calling in sick to work. You know, hey, I, I can't come in today. I forgot about a doctor's appointment that I have to go to. Is that the truth? Probably not. You know, hey, I'm not going to come in and work today because I feel like shit. I woke up. I got diarrhea in my bed and I can't put my pants on. Like, it's the truth. And mm-hmm. once you tell the truth, you only have to remember the truth. Once you start to lie and make up all these fibs, you have to remember those. Yeah. And if you don't, you got to lie again. And then that's the vicious cycle. Yeah. And that's not love to yourself. It's not showing love to anybody else. So I, I think that's a really good point. Like maybe we have to change our vocabulary. Maybe we have to change our, our terminology around, you know, this whole topic and this whole way that we talk to each other and share ourselves to each other. Body language is 72% of the way that we show our language. Well, what's the other uh 30 or or 28 percent right there's yeah but yeah and it's it's fascinating to me and i think it's 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 an it's a journey that i'm really excited to be on um as we all are but it's a journey that i've recently kind of witnessed again that i'm a part of it and i have i have the ability to make my own decisions and to affect my life or the positive or the negative. So it's just, for me, it's just about getting out there, showing acceptance for yourself. Being able to receive love from others is is hard for a lot of people, but I guarantee you that once you start to experience that, you're going to have more love for yourself. hundred percent. I've been thinking about that recently that I think when guys ghost people, as a woman and talking to other women about guys ghosting them and they're just so angry and they're like, Oh, this guy's such a coward and blah, blah, blah. And it just like turns into this bullying, you know, of just like these guys are just trash, blah, blah, blah. And I, after interviewing so many men, I'm just like, these guys are suffering so bad that they can't, they can't speak. Like they've literally silenced themselves. And if I think of a, being a woman, like fighting to be unsilenced, you know, Um, being forced, being forced into silence by society, you know, imagine if I was forced into silence by myself, 
you know, that I'm my own enemy that did this. And I'm just like, this person has no capacity to see me talking about how shitty this person's being like hurting me. Like they're just hurting so bad by themselves that there's just no point. So, you know, something like ghosting is just like the lesser of the evils. Cause there's other guys that are just going to be narcissistic fucks, you know, that are just going to hold you down and, and keep forcing you to be silent, you know, as a way to keep control over the situation or whatever. So I think there's so many degrees of how, how that emotion plays out on, you know, depending on which man it is. So. Yeah. What the fuck? Like when, when did ghosting all of a sudden become acceptable? Like I remember when I was in like grade eight, like asking asking out and like okay we're meeting at eight o'clock for the 8 30 movie like fuck i'm there at 7 30 like pacing like where is she where is she like okay she finally showed up at eight o'clock but i was usually late at that point and it's like when you get stood up back then like it fucking hurts like you get this like gut-wrenching heart feeling pounding and it fucking sucks and i recently got ghosted by a female so it's not one-sided. We uh, we met online, as you do uh, in the pandemic, and we were going for a coffee uh, to a local coffee shop, and she completely ghosted me. And, you know, it's like a fucking sting. It's like, what the fuck? But it's also, that's me projecting, you know, like, bah, she ghosted me. Like, maybe something happened. Maybe, you know, maybe she woke up and she just didn't have the heart to do it. That's okay. Maybe a little simple message of like, hey, you're not going to make it. You know, communication again. At the same time, maybe her phone died. Maybe her grandma got sick. I don't know. But, you know, simple communication can go a long way. And I mean, that one's hard because that's like there's ghosting of like someone disappearing and then there's like a no show. So would you would you differentiate that as like that was a no show? Like because potentially... I mean, I know this from a female standpoint, but women would come in and they would look at the guy that's waiting for them and like, just leave, you know? And then that's just being stood up comparatively so what, with. So what, okay. what's the difference ghosting then? Ghosting is like, you've already met, you guys had your dinner, you guys hung out and then you made plans for next week. And then you're like, hey, like midweek, like which evening date of time would you like to meet? And then you just never hear from this person again. And like, oh, okay. it's, it's legit nothing and then you see them like all over social media looking at your stories doing whatever and you're like okay so i guess uh we don't talk anymore like that's ghosting that's how mm. i would see it it's like they're literally holding down something like and that i mean that's that's what i would experience and it's like uh-huh it's this is the point where you know i got too close to you clearly that now you're just like oh i can't i can't continue conversing with this person anymore what what do you mean by like holding something down on you I think because I show up so authentically, if you're not going to reciprocate, then you're just going to like turtle, you know, into your shell. And rather than explain that you can't meet me at this level or whatever, you think that you're less than. And even if that's you, the way to articulate it, then you just say that. And I would love it if people would say like, I'm just not ready to talk to you on this level. Instead, they just kind of revert into their shell and run away. I mean, I think it sucks. I think uh, I think people that are ghosting, maybe they're, I mean, there's a lack of self-respect for themselves. You're certainly not winning, winning any, anyone over by doing that. And I, you know, I think for myself, like in, I think about the core group of people are in my life. 
if if one of them was to hear that I, you know, generally had made a connection with someone and was intimate or shared intimacy or whatever, and and then all of a sudden just like ghosted them, as you say, like there would be a lot of people pissed off at me. They'd be like, what the fuck? Like, that's not who you are. That's not exuding all of the emotions and the feelings that you're, you know, sending out into the world or you self-proclaim that you are, you know, and that's a shitty thing to, to do. And I, I think just a little bit of communication goes so far. And, and I think if anything, if, if me and you, you know, go on a couple of dates and then I'm about to ghost you, I think opening up about that would would strengthen our bond if anything like hey listen i'm feeling you know kind of nervous about this like i've never really opened up this this much so quickly uh, i'm kind of fearful of it you know i just want you to know like i need maybe to slow down a little bit or or maybe maybe things are moving too slowly i need things to pick up like mm. you know I, I think just opening up both that will make everyone lives better if, if we're just open and honest to each other, you know, lying has become something that we do on a daily basis. Every single one of us does it. You know, how are you feeling today? I feel good. Do you really feel good? Mm-hmm. You know, how was your meal? Oh, it was great. As soon as the server leaves, man, this fucking pasta sucks. I'm never getting it again. I'm never coming here again. You know, how was everything? Oh, it was wonderful. Here's a 15% tip. Like, we've somehow justified different types of lies, whether it be positive or negative, but little tiny white lies are okay. But the, the big lies to our friends and, you know, to our loved ones and to the people that we're supposed to, you know, show this love and compassion to and be honest with, we're somehow like covering that over mm-hmm. and now things like ghosting are a regular occurrence and there's, people it's doing normal. it yeah it, yeah i think lying is one thing because you have to tell the story then you got to live up to it and you gotta if you forget it you got to keep making more lies and that's exhausting and just takes up so much energy but ghosting you get away without saying anything right and for me i'm just like why would you desire that it's like let me get a badge for ghosting <laughs> you know you know no one's praising you for ghosting for like haha yeah you were silent today amazing good job right so I think that's that's the wild thing because then I know that that person is is torturing themselves deliberately. Like when I got out of my 10-day silent retreat, my boyfriend, I didn't have one anymore, I guess, because I never heard from him again. So he used his he used my 10 days of silence as a, a get out, a way to get out. You got never ghosted in 10-day of solitude? Yeah, and it's funny. My friend was like, and she met him when I was in Tulum. And she was just like, I am disappointed in his behavior. And I was like, I don't care because he's so tortured, you know, that it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. She's like, yeah, but like, he's, he's hurting you. He's hurting himself. He's doing all these like just negative things to himself. I'm like, yeah, but there's no space for me to dwell on that situation because it has nothing to do with me hundred percent. So out of, out of this, I was like, the only thing I can do is continue to lead with love. So I wrote him a love letter and I guess he'll find it in like three months <laughs> <laughs> whenever he ended up, ends up getting delivered. But I was like, yeah. okay, like, cool. But yeah, like how dare we silence ourselves, you know, right. as like, you must be so desperate to want to silence yourself. 
because whatever you want to say is so hard for you to articulate. Yeah, that's a really good point. I guess like maybe there, maybe we need to start raising questions around are there, are there certain triggers for ghosting? Are there signs that you're about to get ghosted? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. And does someone just wake up one day and all of a sudden say, I'm going to ghost this person? Or are there? It are happens there... to me every time I say I love you. Ah, uh, really? Yeah. So does that mean that you're historically getting involved with men who have love issues that can't mm-hmm. accept love? Mm-hmm. That 100%. don't that don't exude love. You actively go for men that maybe aren't the most lovey dovey and have issues with accepting that. No, they're hundred percent committed. They give so much love. Acts of service are probably their love language. They they really want to give love, but they don't know how to receive it. So once I say hi, I love you back. What? Whoa! What's that? They don't understand, and they're out the door. It's hilarious because they, they, they'll throw, I love you easily before I say it back, you know, and I'm, and it's funny because if I don't say it as like, if I don't reciprocate right after if you say like, Amanda, I love you. And I don't say, I love you back. You're mad about that. Cause you're like, oh, you didn't do the thing. <laughs> but if I just received it and I was like, Hey, like, thank you for showing your love today or in this moment. Yeah. Cause it, this is, this is a you moment. I'm not going to steal the shine from you. So I'll say I love you on a separate occasion for something that you literally did that is, in my version, something that I love. So I don't know what you did. I just woke up today and I was like, hi, I love you. This is, this is the thing. This is the moment I'm going to give it to you. That's it. Out the door. So that, that's when I notice the creep. Like, they're kind of like backpedaling and like freaking out a little bit because you don't know what to do once you get it. You've been fighting for this thing all your life. You know, that could be a career. That could be a certain representation of whatever that thing that is that you're trying to achieve. And if, yeah. if I am this big package deal, ideal woman for you that you put on a pedestal that you're like, this is, this is it. This is her. And then I'm like, you got it. Some people just don't know what to do with that. Cause it's like, do I maintain it? Uh, you know, am I going, oh my God, now that I have it, that means I have the potential to lose it. Cause if I never had it before, I can never potentially lose it. So all of these new fears, again, it's nothing about lack of love. It's just the focus on the lack of love, which is hilarious. Cause I literally just said, I love you back. So, yeah, that's interesting. I think maybe a lot of that stems from the lack of love for yourself, mm-hmm. because in my opinion, if you, if you can truly love yourself like I'm alone right now and I love myself then to truly know what love is, is to be alone. Mm-hmm. So then when I show up with you and we fall in love with each other, I know I'm happy and I'm loving of myself alone yet. I'm willing to open myself up and accept your love and vice versa, which will help our love grow. And the fear of losing your love, you know, is a reality. It's there. But it's also moving past that and saying, if I lose that love from her, so be it. I still love myself. Mm-hmm. Versus if I lose that love from you, then I'm nothing. I, you know, I, I don't have anything. Yeah. And I, I've met some men in the past where actually a friend of mine got engaged. And about a, about a week later, he was having a conversation with his fiance and he said, you know, I'm nothing without you. 
Like you're everything to me. I don't know who I am without you. And she ended up breaking up with him. She ended up ending things. Mm. Her, her final kind of comment was like, don't you want to know who you are without me? Like, don't you want to love yourself and know who you are as a whole, as a person, as a man, before you can come to me and say that I'm everything to you, that I'm, I make you, I make you complete. And, and at first he was devastated by it, but ultimately it was the best thing that ever happened to him because he, he went on this crazy journey, you know, over the course of several years to find out who he is. And he, now he's, he's a completely, you know, transformed man who is extremely confident in himself and knows the love, knows what love is, but feels the love for himself and can therefore give love out and also receive love. You know, it's like gift giving. So many people are great at giving gifts, but most times those people are really suck at receiving those gifts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I always ask that question, why? And usually the question comes down to alternative motives. Yeah. I don't trust anyone that will give me a gift because it usually means that, you know, there's an alternative motive. There's, there's, there's an angle there. Why are you giving me this? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Cause usually you are doing something for something else. And if you're doing it like that, you think that way you're going to assume others are. So until you get over that, you're not going to see these beautiful gifts that people are giving you every single day. Exactly. There's so many type, types of gifts too, right? There's so much type of love. It just really depends on, on what you want to experience and how you want to give it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for men for so long, we've been, we've been told to suppress our emotions and by other men. And I think now for kind of the first time we're being told by women to open up and that's good. But I think what's really going to be the beneficial factor in this whole thing is having men give permission to other men to open up, to start talking, start expressing your emotions, start, start being real with who you are. And, you know, if you had a cry, awesome. Let that cry out, share your cry. Don't, don't feel ashamed. Don't feel hurt by that because like you said, I mean, you've given love to men that are so desperately craving it. And as soon as they get it, they run for the hills, which is like the opposite of what love is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think in my own personal life and love life, you know, my expectations of, of myself have changed drastically. I, uh, I think in the past, I've, I mean, I've had long-term relationships, monogamous relationships, although I've failed in every monogamous relationship I've ever been in because I was being honest with myself and what I wanted. And I wasn't giving my partner the, the opportunity to, you know, make her own decision. I was forcing that decision on her, which is really unfair and selfish. So then I would, I would, you know, I would commit adultery and, and I would cheat and then, use use all the excuses under the sun except taking responsibility for it but i mean ultimately for me you know i i deeply desire the intimacy and the connection and the 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 trust and the partnership of a partner 
and, you know, having your back kind of the ride or die. Um, I'm someone who deeply desires that connection and I would love to grow and build with someone. I want to, I want to wrap up with a couple questions for you. Sure. So my first question to you is what did you think of me when you first met me? Did you try to show up in a certain way? And has that been different now in comparison to after this conversation? I think we, I mean, we first met online. I mean, my first impression of you is someone who is pursuing their dream. Um, you're pursuing your, your passion. You're, you're kind of doing this investigation, journalism. I'm not sure. I didn't know what it was, but I was intrigued by you. I thought I was uh, meeting someone who, who kind of had their shit together and was, was kind of chasing this dream of, of understanding people, therapy, therapies. I'm not really sure what it was, but I was intrigued. After meeting you and having that dinner, I think it was fantastic. I felt a deep connection. I felt like you were someone who, who knew who you were and you were like super stoked on yourself. And from that, you were able to go out and do interviews like this. Mm -hmm. You know, for the person that, that is unsure of themselves, chances are they're not going to be able to ask certain questions or be able to put themselves on the line and be like, Hey, let's have a candid, intimate conversation. So to me, that's, that, that shows a lot of sign of, of understanding and self-love and acceptance of who you are and what you're doing. And I also thought you were beautiful. I thought you were, you're sexy, you're smart, beautiful smile. And to me, that shows a lot of sign of confidence because when people don't smile and they don't light up their eyes, you know, it's usually a sign of uh, self-hatred. There's some darkness in there that you're not really proud of. And to me, the ability to really have your smile front and center, mm -hmm. just show that you were kind of ready to show up um, as you are. So myself, like I don't, I don't put on a face for really anybody. I've always been one to show up as I am and accept me for who I am. And if you don't, that's fine. But, you know, I'm not going to change myself. And this is now in the past, certainly maybe I would do, do some things or, or try and show up in a different way or put a, put a fancy shirt on or something and try and act a certain way. But certainly in the last, uh, or in our meetings, uh, I think it was complete genuine experience. And here we are now in this beautiful 3d dimension sharing mm -hmm. our secrets to each other. Yeah. I love asking that question because so much of that is just a projection of yourself, you know, and I think all of the same things, you know, I think that you exude confidence, you know, that you smile all the time, that you have your shit together, you know, that, that you truly love yourself. So I'm, I'm glad that you said all of those things because I do hope that you see, see the same in yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 You're a beautiful person. I'm, and I'm so glad that we connected as, you know, as short as it was. My last question to you is out of all the topics we spoke about, is there anything that jumped out at you that you would like to invite another man to elaborate on further in another episode on the show? I would say uh, one thing that I really want men to open up about is talking about the times that were hurt from ourselves but talking about times that were hurt from from our partners and 
the lessons in those in those times like for me anytime i've been hurt or hurt other people i would suppress those emotions with substance abuse but then when the emotions finally arrived for me to deal with you know i would cry like a little baby i would curse myself i would you know i would reach out and i would like actively try and connect with this person to you know finally have a conversation that i had been avoiding for sometimes years mm-hmm. and that's probably selfish of me because maybe that person is completely past it and in some way i would want to like have my self-gratification that said you know okay i i, I tackled this this issue but I'm always curious as to what and how other men are are dealing with all of these emotions that love creates, uh, both painful and and happy or pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe like maybe how are men dealing with with the emotions that are set forward with us? And and you know, so many of these podcasts, I find that mainly it's it's women who that are kind of leading the charge for opening up the feelings and giving men permission in a sense like hey you can have emotions too and you can talk about how you're feeling i think it's really beneficial for that but i also think it's it'll be really powerful for other men just to cut the bullshit and start speaking from your heart start speaking with love and share your inner secrets The more interviews I have with these masked men that are openly vulnerable and sharing their secrets with me, the more I'm realizing that I can only do so much as a female host. It's one thing to speak to a woman about feelings, but for men to speak among other men, I think it's still a very touchy subject. I hope this chat does encourage some of the men out there to speak more and break the silence because we need more of this content make sure to subscribe and if you'd like to be on the show or know of someone with a unique perspective slide into my dms at miss amanda channel on instagram and i'll see you next wednesday with more episodes of the hundred masked men